when we initially started we, we built a very bad mvp using php wordpress just to test the idea out and we got a few customers four or five research companies started using the platform and then we decided that we have to build something which is scalable where thousands of research online surveys or calls can happen every week on the platform and we hired our first two developers who were javascript people so our code bases are mostly node and react and on top of it we have other tools for search or for payments we've added algolia some ai is going to come into play there and we also have things like stripe bank account connections and things of that sort my name is sharik sheik i'm the founder of cleverx this is code story a podcast bringing you interviews with tech visionaries. Spent six months moonlighting. There's nothing on the backhand. Who share what it takes to change an industry. I don't exactly know what to do next. took many goes to get right. Who built the teams that have their back. Our company is its people. The teams help each other achieve. Most proud of our team. Keeping scalability top of mind. All that infrastructure was a Yes, we've been fighting it as we grow. Total waste of time. The stories you don't read in the headlines. It's not an easy thing to achieve, Mike. Took it off the shelf and dusted it off and tried to begin. To ride the ups and downs of the startup life. You need to really it's want it. not just about technology. All this and more on Code Story. I'm your host, Noah Lapart, and today, how Sharik Sheikh created the trusted research platform built for market and product teams. This episode is supported by Terso. Terso is the open-source edge database from the creators of LibSQL. Do you put your edge computing close to your users? You should put your data there, too. Terso makes this easy, utilizing the developer experience of SQLite. Access a free starter plan at terso.tech slash codestory. Terso, welcome to the data edge. This episode is brought to you by our friends at MemberStack. MemberStack is the fastest way for you to launch a beautiful Webflow MVP with robust authentication and smooth payments integration. Join companies like Slack and American Airlines in serving millions of members every single day. Get started for free by visiting memberstack.com slash codestory. Sharik Sheikh has an interesting background, having grown up almost on a farm in India. He spent most of his time with animals and pets more than people and followed his father around as he traveled for work. He's big into motorbikes and reading philosophy, specifically Stoics, and tends to read the older books over newer podcasts or material. He's also trying to learn piano, but admits he's struggling in that arena. When Sharik was working for Gartner, he faced a problem around fraud using online services for research. When he thought more about this, he decided he wanted to build a platform fueling market research built on transparency and trust. This is the creation story of CleverX. We've built CleverX for market researchers and product researchers. They struggle a lot when it comes to connecting or recruiting research participants for online surveys or doing qualitative research like video interviews. So the only, only alternative these people or researchers have is going through LinkedIn or asking a recruiter to find these people who would respond to their research projects. So apart from LinkedIn, which struggles with spam and trust issues and no monetization mechanisms, there is no other way for these individuals to work on online surveys with hard to reach audiences. For example, if I'm trying to conduct an online survey with 500 chief of technology CTOs or CIOs across enterprise in AI, 
I cannot connect with them over LinkedIn. It's very difficult. And we want to we want to bring that work into our platform. So today, CleverX has around 12,000 very senior business professionals on the platform that you can conduct online surveys and video interviews with. And uh, it's a $55 billion market in the US alone, uh, which is online surveys. So we're trying to go after that space. Let's dive into the MVP then. So tell me about that first version of the product you built. How long did it take you to build and what sort of tools did you use to bring it to life? You know, for me, the idea came when I was working for Gartner Research. Gartner is $4.6 billion company, public listed on New York Stock Exchange. They spend millions of dollars in conducting research and they're always looking out for very senior business professionals to conduct this research on. The biggest problem at Gartner, which I personally faced, was when we conduct online surveys, and a lot of people don't know this, even in B2B, when you spend $100 to $200 per successful response, as a customer, you have no idea who your respondent is. You have to take the word of intermediary research firms saying that these are the CIOs or CTOs who are participating in your survey. And that has created 40% fraud in this space. So when I thought about this idea, I wanted to build a platform where transparency and trust is foundation of the platform, where you can connect with every individual that you want to work with when it comes to market research. And I think that was a seed for, you know, for us to start working on the platform. When we initially started, we, we built a very bad MVP using PHP, WordPress, just to test the idea out. And we got a few customers, four or five research companies started using the platform. And then we decided that we have to build something which is scalable where thousands of research online surveys or calls can happen every week on the platform. And we hired our first two developers who were JavaScript people. So our code bases are mostly Node and React. And on top of it, we have other tools for search or for payments. We've added Algolia. Some AI is going to come into play there. And we also have things like Stripe, bank account connections and things of that sort. But the, the main code is built on JavaScript for us, yeah. So let's stay on the MVP for just a minute. And I'm curious about decisions and trade-offs you had to make. You're touching some of them at a high level, but tell me a little bit more about maybe like technical debt or feature cut or approach you had to take and how you worked through those decisions and how you coped with them. I think the first decision we made was a wrong decision as soon as we built the MVP. So why do I say that? When we when we were looking to research, there are two kinds of research, right? So there's qualitative research and quantitative research. Yeah, when it comes to qualitative research, which is video interviews, you have a way of conducting these calls over Zoom and other platforms like Google Meet. We build that from scratch within our platform using WebRTC. So first of all, that was a mistake. We should have integrated those tools already in the platform. We didn't have to reinvent the wheel. But being a startup, you want to build things and create something new. And I think that was a mistake. The second mistake we made was in terms of going to the market with qualitative research as a first piece. We realized that later, I mean, customers, we were getting customers, it wasn't blowing up, but that wasn't the space we should have focused on. We should have started from the beginning on online surveys, which is a major chunk of market research in the world. So those are the couple of learnings that we had when we started to build the MVP. So the biggest trade-off I would I would say was around workflows and these ways of collaboration and working. And we chose the wrong one in the beginning. So it took us almost a year to figure that out. We were lucky we had a lot of runway and customers were paying us. We were making profit on every single transaction from day one. So we had the runway to, to fix that, understand our customer better. I guess that would be the biggest trade-off and learning that we had in the initial days of CleverX. 
This episode is encrypted by Cypherstash. Data breaches are becoming a fact of life. Know why? One of the reasons is because developers lack the right tooling to get the job done, i.e. encryption at rest tools are complex and inadequate. The solution? Encryption in use with Cypherstash. Cypherstash uses searchable encryption in use technology, providing continuous and universal protection for sensitive data. With Cypherstash, you can turn your existing database into a vault, utilizing zero-trust key management, SQL native, and with no code. Though encryption is complicated, Cypherstash is easy to use. The tool fully supports SQL via a drop-in driver replacement, supporting the query types you know and love today. And did we mention it's fast? For queries over 100 million records, you can expect additional overhead of less than one millisecond. It's a no-brainer. Get started by reviewing their docs or downloading sample projects in Rails or Node plus SQLize today. Visit cypherstash.com slash codestory and get started protecting your data. This episode is supported by Treble. This day and age, APIs are a fact of life. And as such, product and engineering teams need tooling that is lightweight, real-time, and data-rich to help them ship and maintain APIs faster. That's where Treble comes in. Treble is an all-in-one platform for the entire API lifecycle. The product offers world-class monitoring and observability, providing more than 40 data points for each request, enabling you to understand everything from performance to user behavior. Dashboards help connecting your entire team for lifecycle collaboration. Documentation is automatically generated, saving massive amounts of time for your development team with every new release. And setting up Treble? Super easy and fast. In three simple steps, you can be up and running with their platform. Their pricing is designed to support API teams of all sizes. So get started with Treble today and automate your API ops. Did I mention they have a free forever plan? Find out more by visiting treble.com slash codestory. That's T-R-B-L-L-E dot com slash codestory. You've got your MVP. It's, it's working. How did you progress the product from there and mature it? I think what I'm curious about there is how you went about building your roadmap and how you went about deciding, okay, this is the next most important thing to build or to address with CleverX. We had a lot of users who were signing up on the platform. The reason behind that was people are already getting these requests on LinkedIn, but they just don't have a way to monetize it. So I'm sure you get, Noah, these requests where, hey, can I pick your brains or do you want to participate in a survey on LinkedIn? But you tend to not respond to them because it's very difficult to trust someone on the other side of the world and you don't even know if you're going to get paid for the time that you put in. So we had a very good growth in terms of the users in the beginning days because they needed a monetization mechanism and we got featured on Forbes and all that kind of stuff. But when we started talking to people and I personally spoke to over 7,500 people on one-to-one calls just to understand what do they care about. And I started talking to these market researchers and product researchers who are using our platform as well. What we learned was people started using the messaging app on the platform to send each other survey links. So they were using the messaging app to send survey links and paying them through the platform's monetization model, which wasn't the way the platform was supposed to be used. And I think that was the time we realized that we need to build a product around online surveys. That should be the core focus of the company. And we started working on it. Now the product is doing incredibly well where thousands of surveys happen every week on the platform for B2B. Let's switch to team then. So how did you go about building your team? And what did you look for in those people to indicate that they were the winning horses to join you? The first thing we did was we hired tech talent. So I'm a software engineer by trade. 
and you know we wanted to build a product with the minimum features to test the market out we had raised a small pre-seed round at the time the first person we hired was a back-end engineer he's still with us which is great and we built this mvp along with him on node with a very bad <laughs> ui ux just to test it out as we move forward we started increasing on the we started hiring more people on the product side. So we added three front-end engineers, one more back-end engineer, a couple of designers, just to make the product better because we were getting a lot of feedback from our customers on, on that front. In terms of hiring, what I've realized is your gut feeling is really, really important when you meet someone for the first time. And every time I've gone against my gut feeling, irrespective of the skill set, I have been wrong in terms of hiring the, the person. So that just, is, it sounds up in the air, but actually for me personally, that has been a huge thing. The second thing I've realized is you want to hire people who are hardworking, have a work ethic, and they're not faced by problems. In, in a startup, you're facing problems every single day, and you want people who can stay calm in situations when there's fire around them all the time. So that has been one of the biggest reasons for us hiring people. So every time, every every team member in CleverX is, you know, very calm personality. They can handle a lot of stress and, you know, fire at the same time. And the third thing I would say for, for us as a team, as a culture or as, as a value system at CleverX is uh, we look for people who care about integrity and respect a lot. Like we can have disagreements on any single topic, even the smallest feature that needs to be pushed or the code that needs to be pushed, but disagreements are fine, disrespect is not. And I think that's something that we really care about in the team. So those are some of the softer aspects of hiring people when it came to getting the first people full-time working on the platform. This episode was automatically optimized by Cast. If you run cloud-native software on AWS, Google Cloud, or Azure, you know how out of hand the bill can get. This uncertainty hurts your business, but you can solve it with Cast AI. Cast AI automates cloud cost, performance, and security management for hundreds of companies of all sizes. The platform's customers begin saving immediately and cut an average of over 60%. So before you go and sign a multi-year contract with a cloud provider or lay people off, check out what Cast AI can do for you. To get you saving even faster, CastAI is offering a free cloud cost audit with a personal consultation. Visit cast.ai slash codestory to get started. This episode is supported by Terso. Terso is the open source edge database from the creators of LibSQL, the popular fork of SQLite. If you put your edge computing close to your users, like with Netlify or Vercel edge functions or Cloudflare workers, you should put your data there too in order to maximize performance gains at the edge. Terso makes it easy. With a developer experience of SQLite and a distributed database, you can replicate much closer to your users than traditional database offerings in the cloud. Terso's lightweight, easy to use, and free to get started. The team at Terso is offering a generous starter plan specifically for CodeStory listeners. Head over to terso.tech CodeStory and get started today. That's T-U-R-S-O tech slash code store. Terso, welcome to the data edge. Okay, let's flip to scalability then. And, you know, given, you know, the first talent was engineering, you're an engineer. Did you build this to scale efficiently from day one, or at least with it in mind? Or have you been fighting this as you grow and gain traction? 
we were very conscious about the fact that we need to test the market out first. So we put in uh, two to three months in the first MVP just to get it out there and test it out. If that would have worked, we would have thought of scaling. That was the initial thought process. When we built the MVP, we started getting some traction on one side of the marketplace, which is the users coming onto the platform, signing up. But on the demand side, we didn't see a lot of traction. So we had to fix those problems in the MVP before we even decide of scaling it up. That almost took us a year to figure out the product market fit. So then after the first three months of the MVP, the nine months were a struggle for us between this decision of should we build a new product which is which can be scalable or should we keep adding more features to this MVP to test it out. So I think those nine months were brutal. After we found our product market fit, then we decided, hey, we're going to start working in parallel while the MVP is running and launch a completely new platform built on a completely new tech stack, which can handle millions of transactions in a month. And I think today we are in that position where there are hundreds and thousands of transactions happening every month on the platform. So as you step out on the balcony and you look across all that you've built, what are you most proud of? Of course, the team. The team is incredible. Any startup is nothing without the team and the the effort that the team puts. So that's my personal achievement. I think I've been good at hiring great people. But when I look at the product, I think the most novel thing we've built is around online surveys, where we have eliminated 40% fraud in the traditional industry for online surveys to 0% now. Every customer of ours loves what we've built because it solves an inherent problem of fraud and transparency into their projects. And it gives them the confidence to say that these insights that they've acquired from these people through our platform are very valid and valuable to, to them and their customers. So I think the online survey product is very novel in nature. We have not seen anyone build something like that. And I think that's the reason we have every big tech company from Microsoft to TikTok, Snapchat, Twitter, those projects are getting powered through CleverX today. We have the largest research companies, including Gartner, which is one of my ex-employers using the platform to conduct research. So that's been something that I'm really proud of. Okay, let's flip the script a little bit. Tell me about a mistake you made and how you and your team responded to it. One big mistake we made while building the product was not understanding one side of our marketplace, the customers really well. We initially tested the model of subscription because subscription is a pretty predictable business model and you you know like what's going to happen in the next three months, six months or a year based on your growth and everything. What we learned with working with the research industry was they do not like subscription as a model because their industry is based on project cycles and it's based on seasonality a lot so they tend to avoid using products which have subscription so we had to completely flip monetization model the more we learn from our customers the the biggest thing that we did which was change that business model in just two weeks changing the code in the platform removing the subscription model making it a wallet based model in in just a matter of two weeks was a big achievement for us because we we would have fallen into the trap that we have built a bad product or we are not solving a problem just because our business model was wrong and the customers didn't want to choose it i'm really grateful to our customers because they were very open to us like they like we would use this product if it's not a subscription model the philosophy in the startup world is like Hey, every company should have a SaaS subscription model, but some industries do not think that way and we fall into that category. And I think that that was a huge mistake we made in the beginning, but we were lucky to change that very quickly. 
this will be fun to talk through. What's the future look like for the product and for your team? Our long-term vision is to unbundle all these collaboration, you know, services or things that are happening on LinkedIn, on LinkedIn chats. We want to bring all of that to CleverX. So in the coming decade or two, and we are building this company, keeping that in mind as a, as a long-term view, that we want to unbundle that part of LinkedIn and bring it to CleverX. Short-term for us is, you know, we want every product researcher, every market researcher in the U.S., to use our product to conduct any kind of research project. Be it focus groups, online surveys, video interviews, asynchronous research, any kind of research should happen on our platform because the audience on our platform is a common denominator for research and they can be used for different use cases of research from there move into other industries and eventually unbundle work collaboration as a whole, you know, when we have an inflection point of millions of users on the platform. Let's switch to you. Who influences the way that you work? Name a person or many persons or something you look up to and why. I think uh, for me, moving to the Bay Area was one of the best decisions I made. I moved here from Dubai in 2020. And I think just being around creative people, other founders who are ahead in, in the journey, even though they are in different industries like defense or healthcare, just spending time with them one-on-one has been incredible for my personal growth and i've learned a lot from people so i'm very thankful to all the founders around me who are friends or acquaintances who have given me the time to you know have a cup of coffee with them or dinner or lunch and learn something from them i tend to stay away from generic startup advice which is floating on the internet on twitter or linkedin because what i've realized is every founder is unique and every startup is unique even though those two startups could look really identical those advice that one specific advice could be, you know, almost a matter of life and death for that startup. And those two companies could look very similar. So that's that's been my learning. And so I tend to talk to people who've been there, done that, and learn from them, their mistakes mostly, and apply that to, to you know, what we are doing here at CleverX. Okay, we talked about a mistake earlier, but this is a little different spin. If you could go back to the beginning, what would you do different? Or where would you consider taking a different approach? Could have been something that worked, but maybe you'd tweak it a little bit. I think the one thing I would change is move faster, not spend too much time in analyzing things. Because eventually what I've realized is like things change anyways. The second thing I would think about is talking to more users. Although I spoke to like one side of the marketplace, I spoke to almost 7,500 people. I think I should have done that, doubled it at least. You know, I should have spoken to 200 people. Just talking to more people who could be your potential users are your existing users is so valuable. We were lucky that we saw those signs in terms of user interactions. If we wouldn't have seen those signs, how people were interacting with each other, we would have not been able to build the product that we've built today. And I think that could have been better if I would have heard it from our users directly. So I think that was a mistake I made. I should have done that more. Those are a couple of things. Talking to users more and doing things faster would have been something that I would have done differently. Last question. So you're getting on a plane and you're sitting next to a young entrepreneur who's built the next big thing. They're jazzed about it. They can't wait to show it off to the world. Can't we show it off to you right there on the plane? What advice do you give that person having gone down this road a bit? The biggest advice I give it to any young entrepreneur or who's starting off building something is not to care too much about this generic advice that's floating on the internet. Second thing I would suggest to them is care about your customer the most. This is why I think Jeff Bezos would be 
one of my favorite entrepreneurs because he's so customer obsessed and i think being obsessed about solving your customers problems should be the top priority not raising funds not trying to get you know an employee that is you know from a stanford or a harvard for the sake of name i think understanding your customer problems trying to solve them making their life easy should be the only thing that's on your mind because at the end of the day the market dictates if a company is going to become big or it's going to die or it's going to stay small none of the other things matter they are all secondary things you know your investors views on you how hot your you know funding round is or whom did you hire it doesn't matter if you haven't created something that's valuable to the world in a way that's changing their life in a good way and i think that should be the number one takeaway at least that was my number one take takeaway going through this journey I would suggest every entrepreneur should, should think of it that way when they're starting it off that's great advice well shrek thank you for being on the show today and thank you for telling the creation story of clever x thank you so much no it was a pleasure being here And this concludes another chapter of Code Story. Code Story is hosted and produced by Noah Laphart. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcasting app of your choice. And when you get a chance, leave us a review. Both things help us out tremendously. And thanks again for listening.